Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode seven of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Death and the Maiden. Great episode. Goofy name. Big eventful episode. A lot of stuff happening. Some tears, some laughter. I love it all. As you can imagine, this is the end of the Doppelgangers chapter, which is our first chapter of season five. I would have guessed that if you let me get to it first, but now we'll never know. Now, now we'll never know. And at the end of the episode, we can speculate on what the next chapter might be. But as always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. While Elena and Damon try to explain Amara's situation to Stefan, Dr. West gives Catherine some deeply disturbing news. Nadia shows up at Caroline's dorm room, searching for Catherine. After a surprising conversation with Amara, Jeremy and Bonnie share a glimmer of hope. Silas fails to keep a promise, causing Damon to turn to Tessa for her help with his new plan. And Stefan makes a heartbreaking confession to Damon and Elena. Not much of a confession. I could have guessed it. Yeah, the confession was, I wish you would have found me, bitch. Yeah. After him being out for some time and them just not asking him about it. Like, it's been it's been a little questionable. It's hard to be on the Delena side of this at this moment. Yeah, it's hard to not side with Stefan. <laughs> we start the episode at a bus stop. Silas is sitting there with a big bandage on his neck, you know, after Amara stabbed him in the neck last week. Since, you know, he doesn't heal. Mm -hmm. He's sitting next to a couple and he's talking to them. They don't want to encourage it. He's been waiting hours for an audience and this poor couple sat down at just the worst possible time. All they wanted to do was get on a bus to Virginia. They just, they said, it's a cheap way to get somewhere. Let's just take the Greyhound. Uh, One of them was like, you know, I'm kind of scared of planes. We shouldn't fly. A decision that proves deadly. That not being the actual reason they break up, but certainly a factor. (laughs) Silas says, you ever been in love? You two? They at first try to ignore him, but he doesn't let them. And the woman says, oh, yeah, you know, we're actually together. We're in love. And Silas says, oh, that is so adorable. I love love. I really do. I have a soulmate, too, you know. That love at first sight, want to live forever. Love is eternal kind of love. Amara is her name. Like, we didn't ask. Yeah, he's just like a weird guy at a bus stop talking about his girlfriend, whatever. We've all had a weird guy at a bus stop. You listen for a while, you add a little conversation, but there comes a point when it's like, okay, you are the weird guy at the bus stop. Like, let's, you know, check in. And they're in a good position because at this point they're like, oh, well, when we get on the bus, we just won't sit with him. Yeah, they're like, there's two of us, one of him. The bus will be here any minute. He just wants to get this out. Maybe he's on a romantic trip. He's going to find his girlfriend, whatever. Like, let's just... See him out a little. And clearly there's enough drama that honestly, I'd be engaged. Oh yeah, I'd be listening. It's a fascinating story he tells. I've listened to far less interesting stories from people at a bus stop. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> he says, you know, the problem is when I first met Amara, I was with another woman. So I kind of cheated on her, which to be honest with you, it really wouldn't have been that big of a deal, except it turned out that the other woman was a raging lunatic. I love he's like, I cheated, but it wouldn't have been an issue if the girl wasn't so crazy and fucking bitchy about it. <laughs> Like, no, it was still an issue, Silas. It was still the wrong thing to do. And also, you're bearing the lead a little bit because you didn't really just cheat. You did take her immortality and give it to another woman. To Silas's credit, though, he did probably pick maybe the worst woman on the planet to cheat on. Yes, <laughs> to leave at the altar. Yes, I mean, like, both things are true. Yeah, but, you know, Silas, you've had 2,000 years. Let's look inward. Let's not blame Tessa for all of this. I mean, we all played a role here. Silas says, you know, so... 
the lunatic bitch of a woman I was dating. When she found out I cheated on her, she freaked out and she turned Amara into stone, like literally, like Medusa style. Now, this is when you're in this conversation, you're like, okay, I'm going to start, you know, keeping it at arm's length. I'm still intrigued, but something, something's shifting here. And the guy's like, hey, dude, are you okay? Now, this is the problem with men, because as a woman, you know that, like, if you're having a weird conversation, all support. There's no yeah. point in being like, oh, are you okay? You're being kind of crazy. Just be like, wow, I can't believe that bitch did that. There's no reason to be an adversary here. De-escalate, de-escalate, de-escalate. You either have to de-escalate or you have to out-crazy them. Yeah. Like, yeah, I turned into stone last week. Like, oh, yeah, I turned his girlfriend into stone, like, so I could have him. But then out-crazying, that's a difficult game because there are some people you can't out-crazy. Yeah, you don't know how far you'll have to go to out-crazy. Yeah. So you should always de-escalate. You can only out-crazy if you can also get away, like, within a moment's notice. Yeah, and I don't see a bus approaching quite yet. Yeah, if the bus is there out crazy him Mm -hmm. the bus isn't there man that sucks women are bitches yeah and so says what do you mean you think i'm crazy why would you think i'm crazy all i've wanted for the last two thousand years is to be reunited with the love of my life how is that crazy again what you should say is you're right not crazy but no what the woman says is maybe the turned her to stone part and the guy says or the two thousand years part don't team up don't double team him he's already (laughs) feeling hurt He's going to turn on you. It's not a good idea. Yes, it's weird that he's saying that. I'm with you guys. It's cr- it's sounding crazy. He doesn't need to hear it. Silas says, no, guys, we're both immortal and now we're not. Hello? He says this like this is so obvious. Like, these are random people, Silas. You got to give him a little bit more context. And at this point, uh, the guy kicks his duffel bag under the bench to hide it. <laughs> Should have done that sooner. <laughs> Yeah. Silas says, look, the point is, I finally had the chance to hold Amara in my arms. And what does she do? She jams a chunk of glass in my carotid artery. Look. And he like starts to pull the bandaid off. And the guy's like, no, thank you. And the guy's like, no, I'm good. I'm good, man. And this is where it's like, OK, he's crazy. But also there's something going on here because he does have a wound. At this point, the best move is to look at the wound. I hate to tell you guys this if you're squeamish. That's that's the safe move here. Look at the wound and say, I can't believe she would do that to you. Your true love. After all you've done for her, after you waited 2,000 years for her? Yeah, just play along. Silas is listening you to. Here's my advice. Live it up. Enjoy this life while it lasts, because let me tell you something. Just a couple days ago, I was psychic. I was immortal. I was in love. Now my neck hurts, my soul is crushed, and I'm sitting at a bus stop in frickin' Delaware. And the woman says, you're in Philly. And he says, oh, God, it's even worse. <laughs> That's a classic line, a classic dig at Philadelphia. Yeah, a little joke. And then the man starts like having a tummy ache. I mean, more than a tummy ache. He's groaning. Something's going on. Um, And he starts coughing up blood. The woman smartly clocks that it's probably this guy doing it. Because he's already said stone. He's already said 2,000 years. It's not a crazy jump that he's somehow magic. I mean, he's being crazy. So you might as well assume it's him. She says, hey, what are you doing to him? And Silas says, I think I'm liquefying his internal organs. Did I fail to mention I'm a witch? And she says, you know, please stop. Yeah. What else can you say at this point? I mean, you can't blame her for it. He says, no, I am pissed off at the world and I'm taking it out on your so-called lover. And I'm thinking you might be my next victim. And she says, well, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And she's shocked (laughs) and she's not so happy. But you know what? She makes the right decision for her and she does leave her lover and she runs away. Sorry. She's right. Your organs are already liquid. 
that sucks. There's no point in both of us having that situation. Yeah, I can't re-solidify your organs. Like, that's not something I'm capable of doing. Also, we don't know how long these two have really been together. They might not even be that in love. Yeah, this might be their first trip. And she said, let's go somewhere fun. And he, the most he could do was pay for a Greyhound ticket. So they may not be in a good space anyway. Yeah, so she might be like, you know what? I kind of was looking for an excuse to leave this relationship. Silas says, look at that. Unbelievable. Love is so damn fickle. Incredible. Like, somehow it's the woman's fault for this. Yeah, he said, women. See, bitches will always leave you behind. And the guy's like choking on his own stomach. (laughs) The guy is dying. He's like, see? So Silas props the guy up on the bench and then says, buses, however, tried and true. Bus arrives. It says Virginia on it. Silas grabs his duffel and he gets on the bus. So we go check in at the Salvatore house. Stefan is laying in bed, tossing and turning. He's having nightmares about uh, recent Silas events and drowning, of course. He wakes up and Elena's in his room. She says, good morning. I made coffee. How'd you sleep? Like you saw him tossing and turning when you walked in. Yeah. She does not know he has his memories back at this moment, but she could have seen him tossing and turning. Yeah. He says, I did not sleep great. And she says, first night back in your own bed. Not as comfy as Tessa's couch, huh? And he says, okay, if we're going to talk about Tessa, I think I need that caffeine. He sips the coffee. He says, hey, what's with the wake up call? And she says, well, I miss you. I feel like when you lost your memories, I lost a friend. And I was just thinking, instead of describing how much we meant to each other, maybe we can just start fresh. Hi, I'm Elena. This could not be a worse thing to do today after he just had this nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, she really was like, I'm practicing my speech. I'm going to start fresh. I'm going to be nice. And then Stefan's like, I was driving to Portland. And she says, what? And he says, the night I took Silas to the quarry. I said goodbye to Lexi. And then I decided to keep driving west. And Elena says, "Um, how do you remember that? He says, well, my memories are back. And she says, are you serious? How? And he says, Tessa came here last night. She undid whatever spell for my brain and it's all back. I can remember everything. Elena has this huge smile on her face. (laughs) She says, this is amazing. This is great. Oh, my God. And she hugs him. Stefan is just suffering. This whole episode, Stefan's like, does anyone want to like be concerned over what these memories might be doing to me? Like, Like, I'm sorry, you all know I was drowning for three months, right? Like, I I know that's hard for you to envision and feel, like, but aren't you guys concerned about me, like, at all? I know I have a lot of friends, and, like, relative to the past, my life is going pretty well. But you do know that I have, like, a lot of fucking issues. Well, you do know when my memories came back, I remembered you breaking up with me for my brother, right? Who you're still dating. Like, and yeah, you've gotten past that, but that's because you're deeply in love with someone and I was drowning for three months while that was happening, so... So maybe let's wipe the smile off your face. Forgive me if I'm not super excited. (laughs) Downstairs, instead of, you know, hugging his brother, Damon decides to quiz him on his memories. Yeah, I don't know what the point of this is. He got the memory back. Why do we need to check? Yeah, he said they're back. Why would he lie? Yeah, why bring up some of his memories? It's not necessary. Anyway, so Damon says... October 1852. And Stefan says, you broke my nose trying to teach me how to throw a right hook. And Damon says, not on purpose, to be clear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think the lady doth protest too much. Yeah, I am so sure. (laughs) And then Damon says, how much did you pay for that hunk of junk motorcycle you ride? And Stefan says, trick question. You bought me that motorcycle, although I'm guessing it was pretty expensive. And Damon says, so Tessa just gave you back your memories, no strings attached. Oh, there are strings. (laughs) The string is the memories. Yeah, there's a lot of strings attached, and it's remembering his life. He's not had a fun time, Damon. 
<laughs> yeah, Stefan says, well, it wasn't exactly a gift. It was a lot to take in all at once. Everything from blowing out the candles on my first birthday cake to, you know, drowning in a safe. Anyone want to ask about that one? Yeah, he's like trying to be like, you know, it was a big deal because I'm actually going through a really hard time memory wise. If either of you want to comfort me about that and they just blow back past it. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, I did remember that I drowned in a safe for three months. And they're like, anyway. And Elena's like, we haven't been talking about me enough this morning. He like spaces out because he's remembering the guy who found him. Mm-hmm. And Elena says, hey, Stefan. And then Stefan breaks the glass coffee cup he's drinking from. And Damon says, whoa, easy there, buddy. He's clearly going through something. Whatever. <laughs> Elena says, Stefan, where did you go? And Stefan, you know, puts on a pretty unconvincing fake laugh. Yeah. And says, all that, and I still can't remember my own strength. Guys, what would he be using his strength for if he's just sitting there not having a bad memory? He pretty obviously was, like, having a bad memory. What the fuck? <laughs> After telling you guys essentially like, yeah, it actually was not a good thing to get all my memories back right once. It's actually been pretty hard. You saw me tossing and turning. You guys know what I've been through. Any concern? And they said, no, because there's a thud in the basement. And Stefan says, oh, what's that noise? See, look, I'm asking about something that I notice. Asking about <laughs> your lives. Like, how are you guys doing? See, I, I picked up on something and I'm asking about it. You see how that works? And Elena says, we have a situation. And Damon says, of the doppelganger variety. And Stefan says, Catherine? And Damon says, no. They go down to the dungeon. Amara is in there. She is screaming, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And Stefan says, what's wrong with her? And Damon says, well, Tessa turned her into a block of rock, kept her in a box for 2,000 years, probably went a little stir-crazy like those deserted island guys that talk to volleyballs. Certainly a part of it. Yeah, at this point, the only part we can think of. Amara keeps screaming. And Stefan says, you know, you're telling me this girl is the only thing holding the other side together. And Damon says, yeah, she's the anchor. And Amara says, leave me alone, but not to them, kind of like to random supernatural creatures, but we don't know this at the time. Mm -hmm. Damon says, as long as she's alive, the other side exists, and we can keep trying to get Bonnie back from over there. And Amara screams, I don't know again. Stefan says, okay, well, considering she's immortal, I'd say we have plenty of opportunity. And Damon says, you would think that. Except last night, she stuck a hole in Silas's neck and sucked the cure right out of him. So now she's not only nuts, she's mortal, which means we have to keep her ordinary little human heart beating until we get Bonnie back. And Stefan says, how do you plan to do that? And Damon says, Silas made a pinky promise that he'd do a spell to bring her back. Unfortunately, he's taking his sweet time coming back to Mystic Falls. That's going to turn around to be fortunate pretty quick. Exactly. Amara groans and she starts biting at the ropes that are tying her hands together. And Damon says, Amara... I love when she's biting at the ropes. The uh, closed captioning says crunch. (laughs) Amara screams. She's like, let me die. I want to die. And Damon says, let's hope love is blind or at least deaf. She's clearly going through something. There's clearly things going on with her. Let's be a little bit nicer. Also, she looks like two girls that you've fallen in love with in your life. One that you're currently in love with. Any empathy coming from that? Nope. Elsewhere in the Salvatore house... Bonnie is looking out a window and Jeremy approaches. Jeremy says, so here's the thing. Actually, it turns out that it's not going to be that easy to keep Amara alive. And Bonnie says, I wonder what will happen if she dies and the other side gets destroyed. Do you think there'll be like a white light and then nothing? It won't hurt, will it? That would suck if it hurt. Jeremy's like, I don't really know what you want me to say about those theories. Jeremy's like, I don't think it'll hurt, I guess. But who's to say? Jeremy says, actually, I have some shit to say. He says, Bonnie... There's something I want to tell you. Actually, there are three things I want to tell you. 
He's got his little list. She says, don't you dare give me a goodbye speech. And he said, perfect segue. Uh, That's the first thing. This is not a goodbye. Perfect segue into my goodbye speech. He said, thank you for (laughs) teeing me up. He says, you know, I know one way or another that you will always be there. I mean, in spirit, sure. He says, the second is, thank you for giving your life up for me. And the third is, and she says, wait. I just thought of something so crazy, so smart. Don't tell me what the third thing is. Because then if you don't tell me, we'll have to wait for another time, which means there will be another time. He says, I'm not sure it works like that. (laughs) Jeremy's like, can I just spit it out? (laughs) And she says, just go with it, okay? And then they, you know, put their hands next to each other, but they can't feel each other. So what's the point? It's like a very slow motion high five. Then we go over to Dr. Maxfield's lab. He's still kicking. He's putting some x-rays up on the wall uh, of Catherine. Mm -hmm. And Catherine says, so what am I looking at here? Blood clot, tumor. Wishful thinking from her. (laughs) Yeah, dare to dream. He says, I did a full workup on your blood, Catherine. It's clean. And she says, my hair is going gray and my teeth are falling out. I'm not sure what that suggests, but it's definitely not health. (laughs) She's like, come on, be serious. And he takes out that dumbass little tape recorder. (laughs) And he says, patient is irritable. Not sure if this is a symptom or personality. This isn't an experiment. Why are you putting this on the tape recorder? (laughs) He's being a bitch. Catherine breaks something and then she says, it's my personality. Now tell me exactly what's going on with me. And he says, well, Catherine, it's simple. You're aging. And she says, what the fuck? She said, that can't be it. (laughs) He says, you were turned into a vampire 500 years ago, give or take. And now that you're human, let's just say time is catching up with you. And she says, okay, awesome. Thank you for the answer. How do we stop it? And he says, we don't. It's just life running its course quicker than normal. And she's like, well, this is bullshit. (laughs) That's not the answer I was looking for. I was hoping for like a pill. Yeah. She says, how much quicker? And he says, if it continues at this rate, you have a few months. I'm sorry. And she's freaked out. But I want to ask you, how do you think Catherine's going to get out of this one? Do you think she will? I do think she will. I don't know how. But I also don't know for sure that this is accurate. Because... No one has experienced this before in the history of the world. How could Dr. Maxfield have any sense of anything? Well, he knows that she's exhibiting signs of aging. Yeah, but that's like what gave him the few months timeline. I don't know. It's a t- No, I'm saying I don't think he knows enough to really say this. I think he just kind of picked a timeline. Like, obviously, even like if he could realistically figure out a timeline, that's one thing. I think he just kind of picked a timeline. You don't think he's actively lying or anything? You think he truly thinks this is the timeline? Yeah, I think he's just guessing. But I don't think he... I mean, she must have told him about the cure situation and, like, all of her life. But I don't think he has any sense of what's going on because he doesn't have any background that would help him with this. The only thing he can decisively understand is, like, vampire blood looks different than human blood and how vampires act. So you think, like, this is just a red herring and she's not even going to... There's not going to be any conflict that comes out of this? I think there'll still be conflict. Like, I think kind of the next chapter will get into this sort of aging mortality question, especially with a new anchor to the other side. I think that's going to be one of the main themes. So I do think we're still going to see her age. I'm just not convinced it's going to end with a like death by old age. So do you think her death is imminent or not imminent? I don't think it's imminent. Okay. That might be wishful thinking, but... I guess we'll see. <laughs> We go over to the bus where Silas is riding the bus. He answers a call from Damon. 
And Damon says, well, look who decided to pick up his phone. Is your secretary out sick? And Silas says, actually, they prefer administrative assistance now. Thank you very much. I learned that on the bus. Very nice people on here, by the way. Who on the bus told him that? He is talking to everyone on this bus. Well, I love it. No one is sitting next to him. (laughs) Yeah. Like the three rows around him are empty. He's causing drama. (laughs) He's really tanking the vibe on this bus. Yeah. Damon says, you're taking a bus? Not to sound like a dick, but we're in a little bit of a rush over here. And Silas says, you know what's great about the bus? Open road. All this time to think. Watch everyday human beings in their normal environment. Did you know gas is over $3 a gallon at the moment? That seems to concern a lot of people. You're like, I wish it was $3 a gallon. That sounds good. Since Grace famously lives in LA. I live in Los Angeles. I wish gas was $3 a gallon at the moment. That would concern me in a good way. Damon says, you know, this is not the time to have an everyman crisis. Okay, we need you back here to resurrect Bonnie before your Nutter Butter soulmate offs herself and destroys the other side. Nutter Butter soulmate is an insane term. Insane term. Also, maybe don't call his soulmate crazy when you do need his help. And the thing is, at this point, there's nothing that they can offer Silas anymore. Yeah. Except like keeping Amara alive, but he doesn't even want Amara alive. Yeah. So maybe kiss his ass a little bit. That's the thesis of this episode. Everybody should be kissing Silas's ass a little bit more, except for Stefan, who, you know, does kill him. Kiss someone's ass. It doesn't have to be Silas. You can go back to Tessa, which, you know, we obviously end up at. You just got to pick someone because these two, you let them destroy each other. Mm -hmm. You try to get what you want out of it. Honestly, ask both of them for the favor and whoever does it first, yay. Exactly. Because you don't really care what happens to them. If they both die, they both die. Like, whatever. Not my business. Silas says, you know, I've been thinking about that. Amara needs to die. And Damon says, pardon? And Silas says, my poor Amara. All those years in stone clearly left her unhinged. So if she doesn't want to spend another moment on this earth, then I'm more than happy to put her out of her misery and spend the rest of eternity in the afterlife with her. So listen, if you want to go ahead and kill her and save me the trouble, then please, by all means. Damon's like, no, she's our leverage, though. You're supposed to want us to keep her alive. This is, I mean, this is right for Silas. If Amara dies, the other side ends, he gets to join Amara in peace. And he will kill Amara if he has to, but he would much rather Damon do it. Oh yeah, like he cares about her enough to understand like killing her is the right call, but it's not like he wants to kill her. He loves her. Yeah. Damon says, um, <laughs> not until you bring Bonnie back, remember? <laughs> Promises made, metaphorical handshook. Yeah, th- that's the problem with just a metaphorical handshake. That was not a real promise. Silas says, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. Remember when I told you that the universe is working to draw our doppelgangers together and you laughed in my face? Damon says, no. I don't recall. (laughs) Silas says, well, if you don't bring Bonnie back from the other side, then you'll be breaking your promise to Elena. And the idea of jeopardizing your relationship brings me a perverse amount of joy. So I've decided not to help you. And I will see you soon. I'm looking forward to all this being over. Bye. And he hangs up. (laughs) And Damon's like, fuck. And again... This is fair of Silas. He's not getting anything from Damon. His day just got so much easier. He's like, you know, Amara wants to die. I kill her. The other side's gone. I get to be with her. Like, this is win, win, win for me. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do any favors to get there. He's like, I just have to take this bus and get to her. Now, if he had known how the day was going to go, maybe he would have sped it up a little bit. But alas. (laughs) Gave him too much time to, to make other arrangements. Yeah, that's the thing. This is the problem with Silas is he does announce his plan with enough time for our heroes to pivot. And to be fair to him, I think at this point, it's kind of like, what are you guys going to do? She already wants to die anyway. You're going to have your hands full keeping her alive today. Like he's kind of chilling. He's in a good mood. And I think he wants to downplay 
his care for Amara because he really does want them to kill her first. Yeah. Like, it'd be nice if he just got there. She's dead. He can kill himself. Like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of a good deal for him. So if he's a little jokey, maybe he thinks he can get them to kill her. Like, to spite him or something. Yes. Not a bad plan. Not a great one. But he kind of doesn't need a great plan because he feels like either way, I'm going to work it out tonight. Things are looking good for Silas at this point. Yeah. Bonnie is near the phone, so she's heard this whole conversation. Then we go over to Whitmore. Caroline is in like the lobby of their dorm, and she's calling Jesse, who we haven't heard from in a while because he's famously fucked in a lab under the care of Dr. Maxfield. She says, hey, Jesse, missed our study session again. Like, where are you? I'm worried. Just call me. He hangs up. And Caroline, meanwhile, is slaying in a little yellow halter top, looking so cute. This yellow halter is so cute. Yellow is her color. Yes. Nadia is just sitting in the storm, and she says, well, that was pathetic. Caroline says, <laughs> Caroline says, are you talking to me? Who the fuck are you? She says, I'm sorry. And Nadia says, leaving a message for a boy who, what's the American phrase? Is just not that into you? Colossal misread, actually. Because this one is, if it had been Tyler on the phone, you would have got her. Yeah, that would have ate. But this joke, not quite right. Caroline says, who are you? And Nadia says, I'm looking for Catherine Pierce. I heard she was living here. So I checked your room. And Caroline says, you went in my room. Nadia says, do you know where she is or not? And Caroline says, great. Even Catherine's friends are bitches. And Nadia says, I'm not her friend. And then Catherine approaches and sees them. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, she like walks in and kind of stops in her tracks. Like, should I turn around? And then she's like, okay, well. (laughs) Can I get out of here before they see me? (laughs) She's like, I shouldn't have worn my long sleeve lace booby shirt. It's a dead giveaway that it's me. The heads turn when I walk in the room. (laughs) Nadia says, I need to speak with you. And Caroline says, how do you two know each other? And Nadia says, Catherine is my, and Catherine says, she's my stylist. She cuts my hair. Caroline says, okay, whatever. <laughs> he was like, I don't care enough about this. I'm going to go. And she says, I don't know why I asked. Catherine says, so what do you want? And Nadia says, sit. You've been avoiding me. Catherine says, yeah, I've been a busy girl doing busy things. Nadia grabs her and says, sit. And she shows her veins to show she's serious. Then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Elena says, look, we've got to buy more time. We need to protect tomorrow. Maybe we should move her. And Damon says, Silas is a witch. He's a GPS tracking device, essentially. He'll track her wherever we take her. And Elena says, well, we can't let him anywhere near her till he brings Bonnie back. And Stefan says, weren't you listening? He's not going to bring her back. Stefan's like, I think that ship has sailed from him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, let's be honest. That's, that's something he's not doing. Elena says, so what? I should just give up? The answer is no, but you should give up on Silas helping you. Yeah, he's out. You're not going to convince him to be back in because you don't have anything for him. Yeah. The only way you're going to convince him to be back in is if you kill Amara. And guess what? Then Bonnie's gone because the other side is gone. Yeah. Nothing. She says, come on, Stefan. You got your memory back. You know me probably better than anyone else. Damon is right there. And Stefan's like, I have so many painful memories. I'm not even touching you in there. Okay. He said, you know that I'm still stuck on drowning in the safe, something you don't ever want to talk about. And you want to make this about you? And she said, yeah. What is about me is the thing. She said, I'm not making it about me. It is about me. (laughs) And Elena says, do you really think I'm going to give up? And Stefan says, you're right. I do know you. You put your hope in all the wrong places and sometimes in the wrong people. And he gives a very pointed look to Damon. Yeah, it's like, okay. (laughs) And then he says, Silas needs to die and put us all out of our misery. And Elena says, so long as he's alive, I'm holding out hope that he can still help us. He can help you. He doesn't want to. Yeah, it's literally possible. But- He doesn't like you guys. Stefan says, well, as someone who just spent the last three months at the bottom of a quarry because of the guy, again, can't keep talking about it enough. 
He's like, I feel like I have to keep saying it because it seems like you guys are not going to mention it unless I bring it up again. Any takers on that? Any bites? And Stefan says, I wouldn't hold your breath. Pun intended. Silas needs to die and I need to be the one to kill him. End of story. And he leaves. Yeah. And it's like, well, guys, see, let's let's try someone other than Silas. Yeah. Let's pivot. Then we go over to the dungeon. Amara is messing with her ropes. Bonnie watches and the door is open because Jeremy is, you know, bringing her food. And Jeremy says, how's our mental patient doing? Again, she's in your shot. She's right there. <laughs> Bonnie says, I guess all those years alone sent her over the edge. Yes and no. The thing is, the whole episode, you don't really doubt this because you're like, yeah, I mean, if I was stoned in a box for 2000 years, I would not be doing well. Yeah, exactly. There's enough reason to not assume that there's anything else going on. Once you know what's going on, you can be like, oh, yeah, she's talking to a bunch of people who are talking to her. And then Jeremy brings in the food and Amara looks at him and he says, relax, I'm just bringing dinner. Sets down a plate. Side note, you're bringing her food she can choke on, on a glass plate she could stab herself with. Yeah. It's like you want her to kill herself. Yeah. Come on, guys. Paper plates. Oatmeal. A smoothie, even. Look, one of y'all needs to go to a psych ward just to see what it's about. Just see how they do things. And frankly, Jeremy, Elena, one of you needs one anyway. So yeah. let's just flip a coin at this point. Let's just say this. A psych ward couldn't hurt anyone on this show. <laughs> yeah. Amara looks at Jeremy and she says, I know you. He says, I don't think so. And this is a question that comes up of like, how does she really know him? But I like I had kind of moved past this as like, you know, she's seen him around like, yeah, she's, you know, interacted with him somehow, even though like the way she knows him is she saw him go over to the other side. I know this kind of goes on to the back burner, even though we could unpack this here, but it goes on the back burner because of the more important part of this conversation. Yeah. She says, you're the hunter. I never forget a face because she sees faces as they die. And if you see that many faces as they die and you never forget a face, no wonder she's going crazy. Yeah. It's hell up there in her brain. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly Stefan's looking like he lives a charmed life. Yeah. Amara says, but Silas killed you. You're dead. And Jeremy says, I was. I came back. And Amara says, how? And he doesn't answer at first. And she says, I said how? It's like more lucid than they've seen her. So it's throwing them off. And then she looks at Bonnie and says, it was you, wasn't it? You're a witch. You brought him back. And Bonnie says, you can see me. Yeah, they're like overwhelmed by this because they're you are having a conversation with both of us and you're also like able to hold a conversation. Yeah. Amara says, of course I can see you. I'm not blind. I have eyes. Or are you dead? I get so mixed up. I can't tell the difference between the living or the dead. And Jeremy says, can you see people on the other side? And she says, I'm the anchor to the other side. I can see everything, you dumb fuck. She's like, oh my God, do the fucking math. Kill me. <laughs> Bonnie reaches out to touch Amara and Amara says, don't touch me. And Bonnie says, I can touch her. And Amara's like, yeah, don't. But you shouldn't. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> but no one's going to ask why I'm freaked. Might help you to know. Yeah. It might help you with your negotiations later. Yeah. Jeremy says, okay, that's weird. Yeah. Any other thoughts, buddy? Very eloquent. Bonnie says, oh my God, Jeremy, I think I've got an idea. They don't ask Amara about this idea. Upstairs, they go to convene. And Jeremy says, Amara could see Bonnie and Bonnie could touch her. They made physical contact. It's like Amara's got a foot on each side. And Elena says, Amara exists in both places at once, here on the other side. Damon says, oh, then she's not crazy. She's just talking to dead supernatural beings roaming around in our basement. Maybe you should have been nicer to her. Well, and I feel like he says it sarcastically and it's like, no, that, that should be earnest. She's talking to supernatural creatures. 
it's a little overwhelming. She's in a dungeon and she's not by herself even. Even if she weren't talking to supernatural creatures, she was locked in a box. It's not crazy. It's trauma. Bonnie says that's not the point. And Jeremy says the point is, if Silas isn't going to help us, what if Bonnie could be the same thing? What if she existed on both sides at once? What if she became the anchor? A slay of a plan. Given what they know now, great plan. Mm -hmm. It's an easy way to get Bonnie back and keep the other side intact. And guess what? You have a potential ally who wants that other side intact who is capable of doing this. Yeah. Elena says, Jeremy, you're right. So all we would need is someone who could do that spell. And Damon says, oh, please don't say who I think you're going to say. You know three witches, and only one of them is available to do this spell. Yeah, one of them already passed. The other one, dead. Last one, wild cub, but she's here, bitch. Yeah. Elena says, think about it. Silas wants Amara to die. Amara wants Amara to die. So who besides us is the only person with the biggest stake against letting that happen? We know who it is, but they bring us there anyway. We go over to Tessa's cabin, and Tessa answers the door. She sees Damon. Another outfit slay this episode. She's queening. She had no business to dress this beautifully because as far as she knew, she was just at home eating Chinese food today. That is why you never waste a moment to look good. Yeah. You never know what day is going to be a big day. Exactly. That's why I'm wearing a gown right now. (laughs) That's why I'm sitting here in my Elena Gilbert tank top. ready to go. (laughs) Damon says, I was hoping we could talk. And Tessa says, I was hoping you were my Chinese food. Goodbye. Damon stops her from slamming the door in his face and says, you remember Amara, right? Brunette, brown eyes, I'm surprisingly not in love with her. Funny. (laughs) Yeah, haha, hysterical. Tessa says, what about her? And Damon says, well, she took the cure. She wants to die, and we have her. And Tessa says, but she's alive. Because she kind of thought Amara was going to kill herself. She kind of was like, there's no way Amara's staying alive for very long. Obviously, that bitch wants to die. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever, I lost. I'll just hang out. But now she's excited. Damon says, for now. Silas is literally on his way to kill her. He's completely obsessed with destroying the other side so that he and Amara can live happily ever after in the great beyond. Man, you were right about these doppelgangers. They do always end up together. So how does it feel to say I told you so? Way to start with kissing her ass. Yeah. Excellent work, Damon. She says, like, I want to shoot fireballs at Silas and drown him in acid. Damon says, okay. Well, would you take just killing him? I don't really care how you kill him. Damon says, see, that's what I thought. So how would you feel about us making a deal? Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan is looking out the window. Elena approaches and says, haven't you heard it's bad luck to kill your doppelganger? Stefan's like, can you leave me alone? Stefan says, well, if I don't kill him, he wins. And she says, well, what if he kills you first? Which aren't exactly easy to take down. We just got you back, Stefan. Don't do anything crazy. You and I have been down the revenge road and it's not worth it. I do feel like Stefan at this point is like, I'm okay if he kills me. Yeah. If I die, at least I don't have to have my dreams anymore. Yeah, at least hopefully there'll be some peace somewhere. Stefan says, you know, I hate to bring up the safe again. But But since you guys aren't gonna. But since no one ever seems to bite when I bring it up, I'm gonna keep bringing it up. There were moments in that safe, stillness in time, when I was dead, right before I was about to come back to life, I would think about things in the past that made me happy, things that gave me hope. All these things kept me sane. They pushed me to hang on when all I wanted to do was give up and turn off my humanity. But eventually, the pain took those moments away from me, too. And Elena says, sorry. Elena's like, damn, that sounds really rough. And (laughs) Stefan says, now, every time I close my eyes, I can see Silas stabbing me. I can feel myself drowning, and I need to make it stop. 
if I don't kill him, I'm going to lose my mind or I'm going to turn off my humanity or both. Because famously, killing someone is how PTSD is cured. Yeah, that'll fix all the problems. But you know what? It certainly can't hurt him. (laughs) Yeah, well, they need Silas dead anyway. It's not like when Elena wanted to kill Catherine and there was no reason to kill Catherine. It's like, you know, we got to kill him anyway. Let's let Stefan do it. Mm -hmm. And if it makes him feel better, great. If it doesn't, oh, well, at least Silas is dead and he's out of the safe. Mm -hmm. Then we go back over to Tessa's cabin. Damon says, so here's my pitch. In order to keep the other side in place, you need something to anchor the spell, right? Something powerful, like an immortal being powerful. Now, Amura, obviously a great choice until she downed the cure. So would you consider someone who is dead but stuck on the other side a viable candidate? And she says, an anchor swap. And Damon says, I've got a volunteer. And Tessa's like, well, this just fell into my lap, didn't it? She said, this lays for me. I'll take it. She says, I'd be making a ghost a human toll booth between our side and the other side, giving her the power to interact with both our physical world and the supernatural purgatory. Now, toll booth is a big clue that no one picks up on. Yeah, I missed that completely. Yeah, because again, they don't really have any reason to think there's any catches. And I mean, to Tessa's credit, she knows... That if she does nothing, most likely Amara is going to die anyway. So it behooves her to do a swap spell anyway. Having a volunteer just makes it so she has people to work with her. And why would she try to turn any of them off to that idea? And I do think even if she said like, hey, she's going to have to interact with people. I think they would have moved forward on this regardless. Yeah. I don't think she could have described it in a way that would have made anyone say no at this point. Exactly. And I think she knew that There was no point in saying it. She's like, look, I'm trying to just get this done. I still want to win this. If they want to work with me, that's great. I'll take it. Exactly. Damon says, what's the problem? And Tessa says, I need a massive amount of power to do a transfer spell like that. And Damon says, fine, name your poison. She says, I need something to draw on. The moon's not full. I don't think there's another viable comet for a billion years. Damon says, think hard. I have a girlfriend at home who misses her BFF and a wacky stowaway on suicide watch. It's a little ridiculous. It is getting a little goofy. I'll give him that. Yeah, it's getting goofy over the Salvatore house. Tessa says, oh, doppelgangers. They're powerful, mystical, naturally reoccurring. And Damon says, you want doppelganger blood? I got doppelgangers coming out my ears. How many do you want? (laughs) Damon's like, perfect. I have no shortage of doppelgangers. I have way more than I've ever wanted. Yeah, I could use less. (laughs) You can kill like most of them. I just want the two left over. Exactly. We go over to Whitmore. Catherine is eating some potato chips. And Nadia says, you hate junk food. You call it toxic poison. She says, well, I've decided to live a little. Now, may I be excused, scary vampire daughter? (laughs) Nadia says, you've been avoiding me. I don't like it. Catherine says, clearly. Nadia says, you know, you and I, we had a moment. There was a bond. I felt it. Then nothing. You abandoned me all over again. Catherine says, first of all, didn't abandon you the first time. You were snatched out of my arms at birth because my father thought I was a knocked up shameful slut. And second of all, it's been 500 years. Do we really have to do this whole mother-daughter bonding thing? Estrangement is so much easier, don't you think? She's like, I can be by myself. It's cool. Caroline enters and she says, I'm so sorry to interrupt the world's weirdest lunch, but you with the doppelganger blood? Duty calls. Catherine says, wonderful. Now that Catherine's a human and fragile, everyone thinks they can just boss her around. Caroline goes to grab her and Catherine says, okay, I'm going. Catherine's like, okay, well, I didn't say you couldn't. (laughs) Give me a second. I'm coming. Nadia says, we're not done. And Catherine says, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> we go back over to the Salvador house. Tessa has arrived. She says, 
So you live in this giant mansion with two doppelgangers that are destined to end up together? I swear there's a sitcom in there somewhere. <laughs> she's been binging friends. Yeah, she's been really into sitcoms because, you know, her life is a little stressful, so she needs something light. Yeah, she loved the episode of Friends where Ross said Rachel at the altar to Emily. <laughs> she said, man, that should have happened. She said, men. She said, this Ross is so much like Silas. Mm-hmm. She said, I should have married a Chandler. Yeah. Look how nice he is to Monica. Let that be the lesson, Tessa. But no, she's just going to keep stalking him on the other side. So she, in a way, didn't learn. <laughs> Tessa says, so where's the ancient boyfriend stealing bitch? Damon says this way. <laughs> Damon says right this way. <laughs> we go down to the dungeon. Elena opens the door and points out Amara to Tessa. And Tessa says, that'll be all. She goes in and closes the door. Elena stays outside to eavesdrop on this lovely conversation. Yeah. Amara sees Tessa and she's like, okay, here we fucking go. Amara's like, ooh, <laughs> please tell me you're passing by me because you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you going to the other side? <laughs> Tessa says, well. If it isn't the face that launched a thousand doppelgangers. A little birdie told me you weren't enjoying your immortal life. Amara doesn't respond. Kind of smart move. Yeah, there's nothing she can say that's going to make this easier. I think completely shutting her mouth is the move here. Yeah. Tessa says, 2,000 years, you have nothing to say to me. No apology. And Amara says, I'm sorry. And Tessa says, what was that? And Amara says, I'm sorry. That's what you want to hear, isn't it? How I've suffered, how every moment of my life has been a living hell. Well, it has. My sin was falling in love and I have learned my lesson. You win. Now, please kill me. She's like, girl, I get it. I'm done. I want to die. We're all here. Again, Amara's like, I just want to die. Here's the thing. You're right. I shouldn't have stolen your boyfriend. That's on me. If I had known this is the direction it was going to go, I would have left him with you. Okay. But alas, here we are. But alas, I was blinded by love. I mean, you've seen how hot he is. So just kill me. Tessa says, don't worry. When I make someone else the anchor, I will kill you. And since you're nothing more than a non-supernatural human, you'll pass on while Silas is trapped on the other side. And then you and Silas, you're going to spend eternity apart. That's going to be kind of fantastic for me, selfishly speaking. Then we go upstairs. Caroline arrives to the Salvador house with Catherine. And Catherine says, the cute one's here. <laughs> <laughs> she's so real for that that's how i'm gonna show up everywhere from now on most people aren't there to hear her joke but it still works it's all for her is the thing like yeah the thing about Catherine, she does not care if there's an audience or not silas is doing it purely for the audience Catherine, she's doing it for herself yeah she's enjoying her life caroline says she's all yours and tessa says let me guess you must be who now because tessa doesn't know who the fuck Catherine is <laughs> Catherine says let me be clear Care about Bonnie Bennett or the other side going away or Elena getting her best friend back. And Tessa says, you want something. I'm shocked. And Catherine says, I have the cure you created running through my veins. And when Silas sucked it out of me, I started aging faster than normal. So basically, I'm dying. And I need you to fix me. You made the cure. Now make something that stops the aging. Otherwise, no blood for you. Unfortunately for Catherine, it's much harder to wheel and deal as a human. Yeah. And like, this is just one of those things where, of course, Tessa's going to be like, sure, I'll do that. Yeah. Because it's not binding. She's going to get the blood. Yeah, like you have to give her the blood first, so. And to Tessa's credit, she doesn't like dignify this negotiation with like back and forth. She just says, okay, fine. When the ritual's finished and Bonnie is the anchor, we'll find a way to stop you from dying. Pretty vague. She's like, sure, we'll figure that out after. And Catherine says, thanks, because she's kind of surprised she agreed to it so quickly. Yeah, she thought she was going to have to really fight for it. Mm -hmm. So she's like, oh, wow, she's with me on this. Great. Easy day. And Tessa says, now where's Tweedledee and Tweedledum? 
<laughs> which one do you think she's calling which? I think Tweedledee is Elena and Tweedledum is Amara. I agree. She hates Amara too much. <laughs> I think it's Tweedledee and Tweedledum is just Amara. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Tweedledee, Tweedledum, and Elena. <laughs> yeah. In another room, the three Nina Dobrevs are around a table with Tessa. It's an acting masterclass, baby. Yes, Nina Dobrev Emmy Wen because she is acting her little booty off. Three characters in one scene. She's done it again. She's done it again, ladies and gentlemen. Amara asks what the book is. Elena says Bonnie's grimoire. Amara says, Grim what? Nina Dobrev is giving such a little baby voice on Amara. It's so slay. Yeah. Catherine says, it's a magic spell book, idiot. <laughs> Tessa says, it's a talisman. Since Bonnie can't be here, her grimoire will have to do. She says, hands in, palms up. She cuts their palms for blood one by one. She's really aggressive with Amara and then says, sorry, did that hurt? <laughs> and Amara says, I've been through worse. And then Catherine grabs the knife herself and says, like, I'm fragile these days. And then Elena puts out her palm and gets like a little prick. And Elena doesn't flinch. And Catherine says, show off. Because Elena's a vampire. She's the most comfortable of any of them here. Yeah. It's, you know, the way they all react to the knife, a character study. Acting masterclass. Tessa starts the spell. The blood forms a little triangle shape. I'm sure there's a name for this shape. I don't know it. Yeah, it looks vaguely Celtic. Yeah. You know, something like that. There's a fire and we see Bonnie in the room looking at them. And then the fire suddenly cuts out. And Tessa says, no. And Catherine says, is it done? And Tessa says, no, it's not done. (laughs) Tessa's like, I just said no. (laughs) There's some wind. The electricity is sparkling. Elena says, what's happening? Tessa says, Silas is happening. Show yourself, bastard. Then all the lights go out. That bus came right in time, baby. That bus was on schedule. The lights are out and Catherine says, I can't see anything, can you? And Elena like shakes her head. Damon comes in with a flashlight and says, the electricity is out in the whole house. What happened? Elena says, Silas is here. And Damon says, well, <laughs> Silas owes me a fuse box. And he's like, wait, how come there's only two doppelgangers here? Where's Crazy Pants? Call her, Amara. Because the lights went out and no one thought to grab Amara. First of all, you know Silas is here. The lights go out. I'm grabbing as many arms as I can. Yeah. Nobody is running away from me. We're not splitting up. I have a plan. I'm getting my friend back. You guys are not going to run around in a dark little house, do a whole little thing, okay? We're not doing those kind of shenanigans tonight. No noises off baloney. Yeah, literally. Elena says, and where's the other crazy? So then they all start looking. Elsewhere in the house, Tessa is carrying a full candelabra. So while they were having that conversation about where they were, she was lighting like the 10 candles of this candelabra. She is so worked even slay. I, like the thing is, I know it would have been just as easy for her to find a flashlight as it was for her to find a candelabra and a lighter. But she said no. It's like a Liberace candelabra. It is so big. And just to like have a light to turn around because she brings it to this room and just sets it down. Yeah, she walks like down one hallway with it. She's so iconic. <laughs> She's like, no, this is my night. It's all coming together for me today, bitch. It goes with the gown. She's being so drama. I love her. She finds Silas and she says, that was quite the show. He says, thank you. You haven't seen the love of my life running around here by any chance, have you? She says, no, but maybe you shouldn't have turned the lights off, genius. And she throws a glass at him, but he dodges. He says, you know, you've had 2000 years to watch us suffer. You've had your fun. Why can't you just let it go? Honestly, at this point, why let it go? She's so close. Well, yeah, you're so close to it now. She might lose this day anyway, but she shouldn't voluntarily lose it. Mm hmm. That's my my two cents, standing Tessa till she dies. 
Yes. But I can't blame him for, you know, trying to get her to let it go. Yeah. She says, maybe I'm just not wired that way. She throws some more glass at him. And he says, you know, to be honest, I feel sorry for you. Classic move of someone begging for help. Yeah. <laughs> he says, you know, hateful vengeance is for people without real love. He throws more glass at him, but he catches it this time. She says, I think I'm beyond finding love at this point. Clearly, the vengeance has taken over. Like, I've accepted that. It's been 2,000 years. And also, it's been 2,000 years of them locked up in different places. Like, what a fucking climax to have them together. This is a sweet day for her, regardless. Exactly. He throws the glass at her. She dodges. And then he magically, like, throws a fireplace poker at her and it stabs her. He says, you spent 2,000 years waiting for me to die so you could be with me. And all along, the universe knew I belonged to somebody else. Doesn't that make your whole experience, like, I don't know, a total waste? <laughs> An iconic Paul Wesley line read. He's so funny. The, like, <laughs> like a total waste? <laughs> He's so slayed it. I know. And then she says, I loved you. He says, yeah, we'll get in line. If you like the way I talk, then why am I on your mind? so so rude so slay so iconic it's so iconic because at the end of the day it's a two-person line baby yeah i love silas i love him to death he's so funny i'm actually really sad we're gonna not be seeing paul wesley do these little bits anymore because he's a comedic actor babe he's giving us comedy we we needed some comedy on this show and as we know these villains work better when they are a little silly goofy yeah. We saw it with Klaus. We saw it with Catherine. It's the exact right brand of Vampire Diaries comedy. You know, Damon has his little quips, but there's a level of like just being able to brush someone off in such a rude way that is so villainy. Yeah. In a fun way. It's like the only villain who gets close to this like level of comedy and scary outside of Vampire Diaries, Mona Vanderwall, Pretty Little Liars. Exactly. Vampire Diaries finds the sweet spot for villains. And this is kind of their bread and butter that when they do it, they really knock it out of the park. We're reaching the point where there are villains that, you know, they're just not funny. But in my mind, they've knocked three out of the park. Yeah. And yeah, Silas was just barely out of the park, but it was out of the park. Pretty Little Liars only did it once. I will say, I do think Silas is my favorite villain. Mm-hmm. I know that's kind of an unpopular opinion. I think people will rank Klaus or Catherine or a villain we have not met yet above Silas. But I think Silas is my favorite. I would say I like Klaus the best, but I think calling Klaus or Catherine a villain like kind of diminishes it. They've grown past their villain reputations. You know, they've gotten their new arcs. They've gotten kind of not full redemption arcs, Mm -hmm. but like it's different. Like Silas never got a redemption arc here. Yet. But we can talk about that later. Silas gets a call. He picks up the phone and he says, sucky timing, Stefan. And Stefan says, I disagree. I have Amara just beyond the property line. You have 10 minutes to come find us. The lights went out. He said, oh, I'm grabbing a mirror. Yeah. He said, if no one else thought of this, I'm going to do it. Someone made the most of a blackout. Silas says, I'm a little busy right now watching my nemesis bite it. Plus, I have no interest in saving Amara's life. And Stefan says, oh, I know that, which is why I'm going to take her away and I'm going to keep her alive by any means possible while everyone else hunts you down like an animal. You now have nine minutes. He hangs up. Stefan gets a little fun with it, too. Well, because, you know, I do think there's some psychological, like, beating his darker side thing going on, you know, if we want to get into the details. <laughs> there's there's some psychological things going on with Stefan right now. <laughs> More than a few. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> if a therapist met Stefan, they'd be like, holy shit. 
I I'm really sorry. I know I told you the copay was $15, but I got to up that. Yeah. That is just not enough. Elsewhere in the Salvatore house, Caroline walks around with a flashlight and she finds Catherine in the living room with her wound on her hand. And Caroline's like, oh, what are you doing? And Catherine says, Tessa's stupid non-surgical incision won't stop bleeding. Yeah, that's the problem with not healing. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline offers Catherine some blood to heal. And Catherine does try to drink it, but she gags. She can't swallow it. Yeah, I was excited when Caroline gave her some blood because I was like, ooh, maybe Catherine will die and become a vampire again. That's, you know, once vampire blood's in the system, we have to consider it. But then she coughed it right up and I said, oh, no. It would be a great way out of the dying dilemma that she's in. Yeah. Because if I were Catherine in that dilemma, I would try to become a vampire first. Yeah, exactly. Be like, okay, well, turn it back. Like, I might as well do it now before I get all my hair gray and then I look like that. But if I'm going to die in a few months anyway from this understanding, I might as well try it. And if I die, I die. Mm -hmm. But Catherine famously afraid of death. Yes. Catherine calls it just another tragic side effect from taking that cure that apparently the universe doesn't want her to heal from vampire blood. And then she says to Caroline, find me that damn witch so she can finish that spell. Elsewhere in the Salvador house, Elena finds Tessa impaled by the fireplace poker, but alive. And she says, oh, hell no. Yeah, Elena's like, mm, no, I'm fixing this. This is not what we're doing. Get the fuck up. Tessa says, can't a witch rest in peace? Elena says, it's a flesh wound. Get up. She's like, you can't yet. She pulls the weapon out and says, you're not done yet. Come on. You have a fucking job to do today. Get off your ass and work. Nobody wants to work these days. <laughs> Out in the woods, Amara is tied to a tree. Silas finds her there. They have no shortage of rope in this damn house. I know. Even though Amara's been eating it all day. <laughs> They're running out of rope. <laughs> Silas unties her and they like, you know, touch each other's face. They're clearly very sad. Uh, she says, I loved you. I still do, but I can't live any longer. Please understand. He cries and they hug and he says, I do understand. I love you. Because he also wants to die. I mean, he's like, I get it, girly. He wants to die, but he's like, I didn't want to be the one to kill you. That's going to hurt my hurt my little heart. Mm -hmm. He brought a knife, which me, if I have to kill my true love, I won't be slitting their throat. That's a little personal. Yeah, I'm going to snap a neck. I'm going to snap a neck. I'm going to shoot him. He snapped enough necks in his time that it won't even feel like he's killing someone, you know? Yeah. Like, it'll just be, they'll just go to sleep. It's painless. He puts the knife blade to her neck and he, like, hesitates. And she says, Silas, please, I'm ready. And then he starts to, like, break the skin a little bit. And she's like, oh, thank God. You can see she looks, like, so relieved. It's the happiest she's ever looked. She's like, finally, I'm going to die. But then Stefan pulls him away. Silas took too long to kill Mara, so now he's getting delayed. But now... Stefan repeats the same issue. He pulls Silas away and he's like, hey, remember me? I remember you. Sorry, is it hard to breathe? Is your throat closing? Did the fear of dying just start to creep in yet? Bro, just snap his neck. Snap his neck. He remembers you. You look exactly like him. He mm -hmm. does not regret what he did. Just get to the point here. And there's nothing you can say to him to get him to regret what he did. Yeah, he doesn't care. He thought it was funny and silly goofy. And he still thinks it's funny and silly goofy, by the way. Yeah. It's really not worth your energy. Then Silas starts to do a spell. like It looks like the aneurysm spell we see to get Stefan off of him, which no duh, of course. You should have pulled his heart out seconds ago. And Amara starts to get untied because, you know, uh, Silas already loosened her enough. And she's like, I see that knife. I'm, I'm killing myself today, no matter what happens. Amara said, is that a knife? 
She said, I'll get the knife. I'll tie this rope and hang myself. I, I have options here in these woods. There's a lot of options in the woods today. <laughs> I will climb a tree and jump. <laughs> and then Silas says, you know, I heard every emotion is heightened for a vampire. All those memories must be eating you alive right now. And Stefan's like, yeah. He said, you got that right. Silas says, what's it like to die? I've never done it. You must have done it, what, a thousand times over the summer? And Stefan's like, don't. Stefan says, stop it. <laughs> and then Silas says, oh, stop? I spent 2,000 years alone in a tomb. You were locked up for what, three months? Okay, but one, Silas, you weren't drowning. And two, you were actively talking to like a lot of people. Yeah. And also third, well, when you say it like that, it sounds sad. <laughs> it sounds embarrassing. And Silas says, look at you. You're a mess. The safe was the easy part, wasn't it? Being forgotten about, that's the real torture, isn't it? Stefan says, shut the fuck up. Stefan says, well, don't say that out loud. Stefan says, if you're going to make breakthroughs like that, you're going to need my insurance card and a copay. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, Stefan does spot the knife. So Stefan grabs the knife off the floor and he throws it into Silas's heart and it kills him. Yet another reason to have not brought a knife. Yeah. But good throw, Stefan. Got him. Good throw, Stefan. Great aim. We love it. Amara says Silas and she is very much in pain. She's very sad about it. Yeah, because she wanted to die she didn't want to see silas die first yeah and she i mean she's not really thinking about the afterlife the way silas is because she's going through her own shit yeah but now like silas is on the other side no matter what happens to amara she's not ending up on the other side i mean we can assume silas is on the other side yeah but i do think she also thinks if she kills herself the other side will disappear and hopefully silas ends up where she also is as a result of that that's true because like in her mind the whole swap didn't work. Yeah, she got away. Over at the Salvatore house, Damon says, Stefan and Amara aren't inside. And Elena says, that's because Stefan took her. You have to go find him before he gets himself killed. And Damon, like- Damon's like, I don't know. He stomps his feet. <laughs> he throws a little dandruff. He said, oh, don't make me talk to my brother. Damon says, oh, he's luring Silas away so we can finish this. It's typical Stefan. He'll be fine. And Elena says, he's hurting. We see him in the woods as she continues this. He is indeed hurting. Mm -hmm. She says, Damon, he's not thinking clearly. Silas may have been the one who put him in that safe, but we were supposed to get him out of it. Please go find him. We can't lose him again. Yeah. She's like, have you seen him today? He's not doing good. Elena is reckoning with this a little faster, I think because she's just dealt with the whole Bonnie thing, where she felt guilty for not knowing she was gone. And now she's dealing with the Stefan thing again, where she's like, I just need to admit that I was a bad friend and I didn't figure this out. That she's like, you know, I've been feeling guilty for it and I can only feel so guilty, but I do have to realize the hurt that that caused him. Well, and that now she's like, the only thing I can really do is like take care of him while he's here. Like, I wish I found him, but I just have to, I have to be a better friend moving forward. Yeah, I have to be willing to let him be mad at me about this mm -hmm. because it's fair to be angry about. I can't waste all my time feeling guilty because there's nothing I can do about it now, but I have to understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. And after Damon just like dragging his feet, he says, okay, I'll go. Okay, I'll go protect my brother. And Tessa resumes the spell. Out in the woods, Amara approaches Silas's body because there's a knife in it and she wants the knife. Yeah, she's, you know, she's mourned Silas a little bit and she's like, but I can't help but notice the knife. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I mean, you're not using it. <laughs> I mean, you've got everything you can get out of it. Me next. My turn on the knife. <laughs> She pulls the knife out of his body. She touches his face. She says, our journey starts now. 
implies that she thinks they're going to be together once she's dead. And she is under the impression that like the spell's not done. She's going to get rid of the other side by killing herself. And Damon is just like dillying, dallying, walking up ever so slowly. As though he doesn't have a fast run that he can do. Yeah, as though he does not have the ability to run fast. Because we know Stefan said they're like just off the property line. I know you guys have a big house, but it can't be that big. Yeah. He sees Amara stab herself. He says, no, Amara. He catches her as she falls to the ground. He tries to feed her blood, but she coughs it up because she was cured. Yeah. So now we know that's not just a Catherine thing. That's a cure thing. Or at least a doppelganger thing. That's true. That is the other common denominator. But probably a cure thing. The things they haven't commented that they are doppelgangers who took the cure. So it is in relation to one of those things. Yeah. And we haven't seen Elena reject blood because she was a doppelganger. That's because she was sired, baby. Yeah. Damon says, hey, stay with me because she's starting to die. It's like, hey, don't die. I'll fall in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I've been in hell for 2000 years. He says, what's another five minutes? <laughs> and he's got a point. Yeah. She says, let me die. And he says, no. Uh, come on, please, like, hang out for a second. He's like, I'll let you die in five minutes. He said, I promise you, you can die. Just give me, like, a minute. Back at the Salvatore house, Tessa continues the spell. Bonnie approaches Jeremy at the fireplace, and she says, I came to say goodbye. And Jeremy says, what are you talking about? Tessa's doing the spell. <laughs> and Bonnie says, yeah, but uh, Amara is dying, by the way. I just want to tell you. Jeremy says, no, that's impossible. Damon, Bonnie says, stop. We don't have much time. Number one, it is possible. Number two, Damon didn't do shit. The spell continues and the book catches fire. In the woods, Damon tries to keep Amara alive, but we do see her die. And at this point, it's unclear if the timing worked out. They want to keep us on our toes. Now, I was I was like, the timing worked out, definitely. I was like, there's no way this didn't work out. I think so. At this point, it's like, mm, this is going to work. It's like, I understand you guys are going to keep me on my toes, but... We need to have Bonnie back. Yeah, because it's kind of like, if this doesn't work, there's not really a way to get Bonnie back that we can foresee. And we're all under the impression Bonnie's coming back. Exactly. So at the Salvador house, Bonnie says, tell me the third thing, please. Elena watches the spell, meanwhile, and Jeremy says, I love you. And Bonnie says, I love you too. And he says, I'm not ready to let you go. And then he touches her face and she's like, oh my God, I can feel that. And they are shook. We're pretty sure she's back then, but in case we need confirmation... Elena says Bonnie and Caroline and Elena are standing at the doorway looking at her. And I'm bursting into tears. I'm like tearing up thinking about it. I cried more at this than at Bonnie's funeral. I know. Tell me about it. Caroline says, please tell me this is real. And Bonnie says, you guys can see me. And Jeremy says, Bonnie, it worked. And Elena and Caroline are like, oh my God, it worked. They cry. They hug. It's a really beautiful moment. I'm like literally crying thinking about this right now. I know. It's a tearjerker of a scene. Because you're just so happy. Like. They got their best friend back. Bonnie says, thank you. And then Caroline says, oh my God, and we can be roommates because we have an extra bed and we can clear out half the closet. And Elena and Bonnie are like, Caroline. Caroline's like, we're going to college, bitch. Because one thing about Caroline, she loves college. Yes. Caroline says, sorry, I just can't believe you're really here. And Bonnie says, I'm here, I'm back. It's really beautiful. A little bit later, Bonnie is standing by the fire with Jeremy. Now it's just TikTok till these two break up. Yeah, I'm so tired of this couple. If I haven't made that clear. Yeah. As a well-known Jeremy Stan, as a well-known Bonnie Stan, just separate these two. Yeah. It's not a forward situation. I'm not sick of one of them. I just, I never liked them together. I just don't like them as a couple. Like, I don't understand why they like each other, except for the drama. It very much feels like they were the two left. Yes. And I mean, to their credit, Steve McQueen and 
Cat Graham are doing their darndest. Yeah. And they have fine chemistry, but it's just really not hitting. There are so many other great couples on this show that it's hard to care about these two. Mm-hmm. Bonnie says, I miss this. I miss feeling warm. I never felt warm on the other side. And then he says, I miss this. Holding your hand. I'm never going to let you go again. They kiss. Yawn. Like, yay. Glad you guys can kiss. I hope we're almost done with it. Yeah. Hope I don't see too many more. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go over to the study. Tessa is standing looking at the fire. And Catherine says, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. And Tessa says, right, you. You want me to stop the aging? I'd suggest a drugstore cream. She got her. And Catherine says, (laughs) hilarious. The thing is, I'm not getting any younger. So spell away. And Tessa says, you know, altering someone's lifespan is what started this whole mess in the first place. I've learned my lesson. I'm not saving your life. Good lesson to learn. Catherine says, excuse me? You learned your lesson now? And what's also funny about this is it implies that Tessa knows exactly how to stop the aging. She's just not doing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Catherine had to start losing him eventually. (laughs) She can't win every battle. Tessa says to Catherine, but more to herself, really. She says, I won. Amara is gone and Silas is waiting for me on the other side. And then Catherine can't help but notice that Tessa is standing in a puddle of blood. And Catherine says, no. Catherine says, hey. And we notice that Tessa is like a lot of cuts on her hands. Like she's obviously killing herself. Yeah. Killing herself in an interesting little way. She just completely cut her hands up. Yeah. There are so many quicker ways. But she did, I think, she wanted some time to really like relish in the win. So she wanted a slow death. Oh, I think she wanted a nice, slow, relaxing blood loss death to be like, I really did it. And after all this, like, Sasha's is going to watch me bleed here, and then I'm going to show up, and I'm going to be right there, bitch. <laughs> Tessa drops to the ground, and Catherine calls for help. She's like, she's dying, she's dying, don't die, I need you. And Tessa says, true love prevails, the universe be damned. So did you learn your lesson? <laughs> yes, it sounds like you really didn't. And Catherine's like, girl, shut up, I'm aging. Help me. I don't want gray hair. And Tessa is just like blissed out, going to the other side. She's so queen. This has been the best day of her life. She is dying so happy. She won. This is befitting of a queen, an icon. She really got everything she wanted. And this is how we want her to end her arc here. Were the things she wanted dumb? Like, should she want to be with Sass on the other side? But she did it. And you know what? I'm happy she did it. I'm so proud of her. She really fought for this one. It just shows if you are crazy enough, you can do whatever you want. Delusion will get you everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) I love her. Rest in absolute peace, queen. Yeah. She watched for 2,000 years as the doppelgangers got pulled to each other and said, not these two. It would be so funny if she was so at peace when she was dying that she just went on straight to peace. (laughs) She skipped the other side completely. I honestly believe that's possible. And she sees Amara and she's like, not you. Well, her life at peace is her just killing Amara over and over again. And that's Amara's peace because Amara wanted to die so fast. It's actually a beautiful relationship. They're having a great time. They're besties, again. All love to Ketsia. Big ups. Big ups. (laughs) We go out to the living room. Tessa joins Bonnie by the fire and says, oh, you're the anchor now. And Bonnie says, Tessa, where did you just come from? (laughs) And Tessa says, oh, I'm dead. BTW, as I pass through you, which I'm about to do, you'll feel my death. Also, another little thing, you're going to feel every death of every supernatural being that passes over to the other side. They're all going to pass through you. Sorry, that is going to hurt like a bitch. 
well, maybe this is why she cut herself up so much. Maybe you like actually feel the like pain of the death, like the physical pain. And she said, fuck Bonnie. So she wanted to really communicate it. She wanted her first one to really hurt. And so Tessa touches Bonnie, passes through her, and Bonnie screams in pain. Doesn't bode super great for Bonnie's future. But, you know, there are worse things. There are worse things. You're alive. And, you know, I feel like it's one of those things. Hopefully it gets easier. It's like turning into a werewolf. Like, yeah, I do think you get used to it. And I do think that even if Tessa had explicitly spelled this out for them, Bonnie would have taken the deal. Yeah, it's not an ideal situation, but it's fine. Out in the woods, Stefan has put Silas in a grave. And Elena says, so he's dead. It's over. And Stefan says, yeah, it's over. And Elena says, are you okay? Look at his fucking face. I mean, yeah. Does he look okay? Don't even bother asking. Yeah. She says, look at me and tell me that killing Silas worked, that you'll be okay now. He changes the subject because he can't do that. Yeah, he can't do that. And everyone should have known that going in. Yeah. He says, why is this so important to you? And she says, because I know how much he stole from you. And Stefan says, yeah, and he's dead. And Elena says, you know what? I am going to take a second to make this about me. She says, because while you were suffering in that safe, grasping onto hope, fighting every second so you wouldn't lose your humanity. At least she referenced the safe. She's like, remember how hurt it was for you in the safe? And he's like, do you have to mention it? Like, you can just say sorry. I've been mentioning it all episode. She says, and you know, I'm upset because, well, you were, you know, drowning on loop in that safe. I was happy. I got everything I wanted, Stefan. I got to be in love. I got the summer of my dreams. I got Bonnie back. He said, can you? She could have just said, like, I was happy while you were suffering and that's not fair. Yeah. I was happy would have sufficed. She didn't really need to go into what made her happy. She didn't need to run down all the good things. She says, so I need to know that this worked. I need to know it's going to take away all your suffering. I need to know that you're going to be okay. He doesn't answer that. Instead, what he says is, I wanted it to be you. When that safe finally opened and somebody found me, I wanted it to be you. And then he says, I wanted it to be both of you because Damon is there. Yeah. And they didn't find him. And they were like about a day away, but. But still, they didn't find him. And he doesn't know they were a day away because how would he know that? Because they haven't mentioned it at all. They haven't mentioned it because no one's mentioned the safe. Mm -hmm. As far as he knows, they were just having fun while he was drowning and like not thinking about him. Elena hasn't even made it clear like, hey, I had this feeling in my stomach all summer and we were looking for you. Even like we didn't look for you for a while, but I felt horrible about it. And then finally I listened to that and we started looking for you and like Tessa got you out first. Like no one's made any of that clear to him, which like I don't think would help that much, you know, in the grand scheme. And I think saying it is kind of self-serving, but I do think he needs to hear like we were looking. We should have looked for you sooner. Like, Mm -hmm. we thought we were being nice, letting you have your space while we were, you know, getting together. But, like, obviously, in retrospect, that was not how we should have handled it. And we should have reached out to you. Yeah. But if they explained, like, you know, you said you were going to leave town and not talk to us for a while. We assumed that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. And that was wrong of us. But we wish we hadn't thought that. But, like, that's why it took us this long to look. Like, if we had known you were suffering, we obviously would have been out there. Because I think there is this fear from Stefan that he knows isn't warranted that they had a feeling or they thought he might be in trouble and they chose to not look for him because they wanted to be happy instead of Mm -hmm. dealing with him, which like obviously is unfounded, obviously is not true, but he was drowning for three months. Your mind's going to go some dark places. Yeah, exactly. Then we go over to the Whitmore dorm 
Catherine comes in and Caroline says, hey, uh, you know, now that Bonnie is back and Catherine says, your room's full. I got it. I'll just get my stuff. It's so cute that Catherine was like going to live with them. Yeah. Caroline says, thank you for what you did today. And Catherine says, enough. Okay. I killed you once. Don't forget. We still hate each other. Okay. And Caroline says, yes, you did. And yes, we do. But they have a new understanding. I want them to be friends. They had a dream. Catherine says, where the hell is my bag? And Nadia is at the door holding it. She says, already packed. And Caroline's like, why does this bitch keep breaking into our dorm room? Yeah, Caroline's like, why is your hairstylist so pushy? <laughs> Catherine says, you again. And Nadia says, I'm leaving, Catherine. I'm heading back to Prague, and I'd really like it if you came with me. We can go to Bulgaria, retrace our lives. And Catherine says, kind of twisted fantasy you have about us, but that's all it is, a fantasy. I would rather rip my own heart out than do more mother-daughter bonding with you. Caroline does clock that. Yeah, she says, mother-daughter? <laughs> and Catherine says, and I'm human now, so it wouldn't really be that easy to rip my heart out. I don't want to know you. And Caroline can't keep it in. She says, mother-daughter, she's your... Oh, wow. Caroline's like, I'm really sorry. I couldn't help but over here. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I was standing right here. Uh, we are in a dorm room at the end of the day. Catherine says, I'm doing you a favor, Nadia. I can't be there for you, so take a good look because you are never going to see me again. Catherine takes her bag and goes. Nadia looks sad, even though Catherine is really just trying to protect Nadia from losing her mother. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely her white-fanging Nadia because she's like, I don't want us to be like three months into Prague and then I die right when we're having a, you know, relationship. Like, that's not what I want my daughter to experience. She'd rather run away. Mm -hmm. Then we go out to the woods. Stefan is burying Silas, but... Guess what? The bad memories are still there. <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> Stefan freaks out by the bad memories and he says, no, it's supposed to be over. Yeah, that was the dream, wasn't it? That brings us to the end of this episode and thusly the end of the doppelganger chapter. Here's my first question. Are Silas, Tessa, and Amara dead for good? There can be different answers for each of them if you would like to have them. I think, yes, they're all dead for good. That being said, both Silas and Tessa could still bother Bonnie. Mm-hmm. I think Amara, she's she's free. She earned that. <laughs> do you think Silas and Tessa will bother Bonnie on the other side? Mm, yeah, because I do think Silas will want out of the other side once he's on there. And I think Tessa will kind of have fun like shitting on Bonnie a little bit. But there is still this potential that, you know, Bonnie still has this connection on the other side to like Grams and other witches that there might be this kind of like which loyalty in prepping her for this because Amara was a traveler, but not a witch. We have no reason to believe she was a witch. Amara wasn't even a traveler. She was just a human who lived in the town where the travelers lived. Okay. So she like, there was no reason for witches to be in contact with her or to think about the other side. And then maybe this push from witches on the other side to get rid of the other side. And now that they have an, a witch anchor who may have that ability somehow like that might be some conversation that's happening. Like there may be other people now who want the other side done with. So let's talk about Bonnie as the anchor mm-hmm. and kind of the logistics of that and where that goes. Because technically, from what we can understand, Bonnie wasn't necessarily brought back to life. Yeah. So we know now that she'll be able to talk to people on both the other side and the real world. How do you think Bonnie's going to deal with this transition? I mean, I think this is one of those things that also has to make her face her own mortality because I think she's been kind of ignoring that on the other side. We saw that by completely pushing off the funeral. 
And I do think, you know, there's the physical pain of having to like usher people onto the other side, but there is also this emotional pain of, I'm sure people who like die and didn't realize they died, who are like, what happened? Who are you? Where am I? And having to kind of counsel those lost souls in that way. But also there's, you know, we have to consider the possibility of like someone they know dying. And then Bonnie has to be the one to be like, sorry, keep on moving, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a question of how that works. And I do think I'll throw this out. This is tangentially related. The idea of like moving between these realms and like, I think that brings in this possibility of like getting some more info on travelers. And we think about someone like Gregor, who's like within Matt, how does that shift? Like what that person is, what realm they're in at any given time. So that's just to lead into saying, I think there's a good chance that like the next chapter could be like the travelers chapter. I was going to have you speculate on what the next chapter is. Do you think we're going to be moving into focusing a lot on travelers next? I think it's either travelers or this kind of aging mortality type study. And we may shift into like, that's what Wes Maxfield's experiments are about aging and immortality and like healing, even though that's not any of the guesses I made previously. You made a guess before. So let's let's check in on Wes because we only got a little bit of him this episode. You basically guessed that he was doing scientific experiments on blood and you guessed that perhaps he is trying to create synthetic vampire blood to heal people, to create immortality. Yeah. Do you stand by that? I think that's a possibility given the way Catherine's storyline is shaking out. And I think the reason he wouldn't have like offered that up if that is indeed something he has like a prototype of is because he doesn't really trust this Catherine Elena group. He kind of figures if he tells it to Catherine, she'll tell all of them. Yeah. And I think he doesn't want that out of, you know, the Augustine society, whatever. I think he wants that pretty locked down. Here's my question, if this is the guess you have. Sure. If his goal is to create artificial immortality, why isn't he doing that in his experiments? Because he just turned Jesse the old-fashioned way. Do you think his experiments haven't hit that point yet? I don't think they've hit that point yet. I think he's still figuring out what makes up blood, what makes up blood and maybe what makes a vampire. You know, I made this animal behavior guess at a point too, that maybe it's this, like if something goes wrong in using vampire blood to cure something or give someone immortality, like where are the issues after the fact, you know, what can we prepare for? I think it's mostly a healing, healing and manipulating immortality to serve his own purposes. Yeah. Or to like serve health, you know, that he thinks it would be better if no one ever died. Because we have to think about that all of Aaron's family and friends died around him. We have to assume that at least some of those people knew Wes because Mm -hmm. or else why else would he have become his guardian? Sure. So it may be like this, if no one ever dies, no one's ever in pain situation, which is like, you know, obviously not true. But Mm -hmm. not everyone gets there as fast as other people. So he wants to create more immortal people, but who don't need to drink blood. So more immortal people, less vampires. Does he care if there's more vampires? I think he would like them to not be like full vampires and drink blood. I think he wants them to be just like immortal. Immortal without the bloodlust. Yeah, like if he can separate, you know, I don't think this is actually legitimate, but if he can separate the like DNA that causes immortality, but not take the bloodlust with it, you know, that kind of his little CRISPR experiment. That's a fair guess. I guess we'll have to see what our next chapter is. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying the Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars when you review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. 
And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.